Phenomenon 0141 Trickster RBP report 0141 initiated The Bureau had a heap of trouble even catching a glimpse of this thing And when it did, several agents became followed by the entity Before long, the Bureau realized those the Trickster chose to follow disappeared only 3% of the followed were ever found after their initial disappearance. Never alive. Body rigid, blood vacated from the body, eyelids missing, not cut off or removed, just absent, as if they'd never been there. It's no wonder the Bureau heightened the threat level of the trickster to disastrous. Phenomena which can and will cause widespread chaos, damage, and death are granted this status. This report is a special one. It is one of the Bureau's extracted memories. When a body is available after an encounter with a phenomenon, details of the events leading to its encounter can be extracted from the victim's corpse if discovered in time. These reports come out in the form of a memory. This is the extracted report from the first recovered corpse of a victim to the trickster. It is important that you hear this report and understand. Always go into the woods accompanied and fully ready for a dreadful fate. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it how scared should you be, and what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of Flat Earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, 
With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Deer season was approaching its eve, and being the avid hunter I once was, I readied my algorithm of scents, calls, and supplies. The first day of deer season, I was sure to be out there. Hunting was a passion of mine. I enjoyed it, but not as a game. I respected my kill. quite thankful for the meat and hunt provided by my prey. Perhaps it was in my blood. I happened to live in the perfect place for it. The deep Ozarks, dense with oaks, maples, and pines far as the eye could see. There were rolling hills and creeks around every bend. The deer here were plentiful, and when I could not hunt, I enjoyed watching them as they came upon my land to graze, a temporary haven until their destined time. This region has never known wolves, mountain lions, or even coyotes for as long as I could remember. If it were not for me, the deer would have lived in paradise here. The nearest city center was several miles away, and so was my nearest neighbor. I enjoyed the serenity that I was constantly immersed in. I avoided horror films and ghost stories. Living out here with such things on your mind would drive you mad. Here, it was dark at night truly dark. Light was so absent some nights that had I somehow woken up randomly in the woods near my home, I'd be lost until sunrise. This deer season was promising. The bucks that I had been seeing were majestic and their points numerous. I was so anxious for the season to approach that I found it hard to sleep. Luckily, I had a means through which to tide myself over until the dawn of this year's hunt. I had an old deer cam my father gave to me many birthdays ago. I used it every year, but I always waited until the last week before deer season so I could see all the populous fauna of the forests. One morning, before the early hues of purple fled the sky, I waded through dew-laden grass and weeds until I found my usual spot. It was an exemplary angle. The view was downhill overlooking a babbling brook that beckoned the wildlife like moths to a flame. Few were the trees and obstacles that obstructed this view. A professional photographer would die for such scenery, yet I was the lucky participant. Strapping the gadget to the tree was simple and quick. It was almost odd being done so quickly after such a long, refreshing walk to this spot. For a moment, I just took in the surroundings breathing untainted air and sensing a time when man was not. Peace. I walked home quickly, as if the faster I made it back, the sooner the week would pass and I would be able to enjoy the hunt. That week drudged by ever slowly. It was filled with monotonous chores and television that I was unable to focus on. Finally, my day did come. I was up again when the morning mimicked twilight and the foliage attempted to soak through to my toes. This is what I lived for, the countenance of life in every inhale. I made my way past where I laid the deer cam. 
The mechanism sensed me and made a click sound so subtle that a pin's fall would drown it out. I suppressed a laugh and continued about seventy yards. This would be where I sat and waited for my prey. Something felt off, though. The noisiness of the forest was apprehensive. Such ambience was better placed at an empty funeral. I shifted, cracking a dead leaf underfoot. The sound resonated through the woods, the trees only making the noise more buoyant. I felt stupid. If the deer heard too much of that, my hunt would be futile. I leaned my head against the tree I was seated beneath. The bark was hard and unforgiving, but such were the inconveniences that led to triumph. I felt up the rifle at my side, reassuring myself that the safety was not on. I had loaded it before heading out, not taking the chance to have to ready the darn thing if I saw a trophy buck on my way here. The sound of a twig breaking behind me stole my attention. An involuntary smile overwhelmed me as I nearly shook with excitement. I assumed a deer had snuck up on me. It was unaware of my presence, but little did it know it had just given itself away. My hands were glued to the rifle, ever vigilant for the moment to strike. The sound came closer and closer, the forest floor echoing the creature's approach. Soon, the sound was just behind the tree where I sat, waiting. I could even hear breathing, deep and slow. I almost wanted to yell, to tell it to stand in front of me. It seemed to be taking its sweet time to show itself. The breathing stopped, and my heart sank. Was it gone? No, it couldn't have been. I would have heard it. Maybe it was holding its breath and listening for imminent danger. If so, it certainly had to breathe again. But it didn't. I waited for a half hour, my rear becoming sore from my unchanging position. The thing was gone, and it had somehow eluded me. I was frustrated. I turned my head slowly, revolving my skull around the tree like disagreeing cogs. I saw the forest abruptly behind me, and there was nothing. The same noiselessness remained, and there seemed to never have been another presence at all. I stood up. The hair on the back of my neck did the same. I was not scared, per se. I was simply uneasy, because as I checked the soil where the sounds emerged, there was no evidence no tracks of any kind. What the hell had I heard? My skin became goose flesh as instinct forced my gaze in every direction. Compulsively, I looked up, as if the thing had silently crawled up the tree, but the thin branches were as empty of a presence as they were of leaves. The all-too-familiar sound came again from my left, this time from my right. The sounds were coming from everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I started running, carelessly waving my rifle in a frenzy to escape the unoriginated noise. But the sound followed me, never growing distant or close as I ran. I wasn't sure if it was the brisk, chilly wind against my face or the fear growing inside me, but tears protruded from my eyes and flowed over my cheeks. Suddenly, the sound stopped. I stopped as well, fear never leaving me. I could not continue when I did not know the what, where, or why of my situation. I began to feel a breeze pick up on my right side, gently blowing over my ear, almost forming a hush sound. 
I listened closely, ready for another crack in the distance. But it never came. The wind picked up and a new sound came with it. Not just a sound, but a voice. Run. I ran harder than before, my heart aching painfully with each palpitation. If this strange presence did not kill me, the stress certainly would. The walk there that had taken a good hour I ran within ten minutes. When I reached my house, I opened and slammed the door shut. I even locked the deadbolt. No one around for miles, and I was locking my door from something. <laughs> Eventually, I calmed down. I watched some TV to take my mind off things. After being so excited to get out there, it was a weird feeling for me to rather stay inside all day. It just did not feel safe out there. I thought I was just spooked, that a good night's rest would alleviate the anxiety and suspense. That night, it was extremely difficult to sleep. My room was hardly dark, illuminated by a lamp-made makeshift nightlight. The windows were closed and blinded out of paranoia. There was still rampant fear left in me, and I didn't want to take any chances. By God, I am going to enjoy this season, I told myself. In spite of my stress, my tossing and turning was only aided by a strange clicking sound coming from somewhere in my room. I could not place it, but it came every few seconds. It wasn't very loud, and soon I was able to drown it out with thoughts, and quickly those thoughts became dreams. Somehow, I felt rejuvenated when I awoke. The morning sun broke gently through the blinds of my bedroom windows, the warmth of its rays splashing ever so pleasantly against my bare skin. I got out of bed and made my way to the door, yawning and stretching as I went. Of course, that same noise from the night before. Fully rested, I could make out where it was coming from. I perked up, listening intently to zero in on it. It was coming from the dresser, stationed a few feet from the side of my bed I slept on. Confused, I walked over, still half asleep and in a daze. My blurry vision steadily focused on a dark object placed on my dresser. I picked it up and nearly fell to the floor. I felt my mouth open wide in a gape. It was my dear Cam. No, 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 I kept telling myself. It was impossible. Had I picked up the camera before coming home? Yeah, that had to be it, I thought. To be sure, I popped the SD card from the back of the device. I opened my laptop, the screen blinding my not-so-awake eyes. I shoved the card inside the computer, inadvertently hard. I clicked the icon for the SD card that popped up. A window appeared, listing hundreds of still-loading images. Yeah, I just don't remember taking the camera with me, I again assured myself. The pictures loaded, and I was relieved. The first several dozen photographs were of deer, raccoons, couple of possums fighting over an unidentifiable object, probably garbage. I continued to scroll down, a laugh building up inside as I realized how silly I was for forgetting that I had brought my own deer cam home. Then I froze, my heart refusing to beat for the moment. The environment in the next photographs was no longer the forest. It was no longer wildlife, because in the picture that now enveloped my screen, I lay sleeping in my bed. The automated slideshow perpetuated my horror. 
Each of the next photos were of me as well. I was in different positions, obviously tossing and turning as I slept. I wanted to cry, to scream, to do something besides look on in terror, but the entirety of my body was paralyzed. The numbers of the pictures counted down, slowly approaching the last photo. When the final picture appeared, I threw the laptop across the room and ran out of my house. I jumped into my car and drove maniacally to the nearest other living soul I could find. I stopped living there. Any sane person would never go back after what I saw. But whatever was there with me has followed me. To this day, I hear the clicking at night. Whenever I walk on the streets or around my house, I hear cracking nearby. And when I hear those sounds, my mind reflects to a picture that I will never forget. The last picture on that long forsaken SD card. The picture of me asleep, a hill of blanket apparent behind me, and the clawed hand reaching out from it and resting on my cheek. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 0141 was finally captured by the Bureau in the woods of the Ozarks, near the home of the victim whose memory you just heard. The victim was found in his wooded home placed rigidly in a chair facing the front door, eyelids and all traces of blood gone. Observations of the body revealed it had been moved from its original location of death and posed like a doll in the chair. The man's joints were bent backward and his jaw torn to leave the mouth in a permanent, exaggerated scream. Two six-man teams were dispatched to the scene after reports of strange noises by the nearest neighbors, as well as years-old missing person reports within the region. Both initial teams went radio silent. A third squad was deployed. No trace of the first two squads were ever found, 
Oddly enough, 0141 was found in the back of the armored van with all doors except for the driver's door locked. The agent who discovered Trickster in the back of the armored van stated that it appeared to be smiling. Without further trouble, 0141 was taken to the nearest bureau facility and detained. Before long, it was discovered that 0141 was highly intelligent. It would reply to researchers who questioned it from behind a reinforced door without moving its mouth. Replies seemed to come from everywhere at once in a strange whisper that existed only in the researchers' heads. This was discovered after researchers attempted to record replies and found the whispers absent from the recordings. 0141 was asked about the location of its victims, particularly the missing people of the Ozarks and the missing agents. Its reply was, A place not far, one you cannot see. Researchers asked if they were alive. Neither alive nor dead, and yet suffering. When asked why it took and harmed people, it answered, So much fun to be had. To this day, Redwood Bureau still contains the trickster phenomenon. It has never attempted an escape. However, since its arrival, the agents assigned to guard the wing of the facility containing its cell, one goes missing every three months. It is believed that trickster is not actually contained. Its powers are not completely known, but researchers from the Bureau theorize that new missing person cases in the Ozarks are the work of 0141. I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau. Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes, and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O. And my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one. (laughs) 